He's a famous musician. Lots of 80s hits. So just wanted to uh, point that out before we got started. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the thing that ties these movies together is the music. This is true. Yes. Uh, for those of us who are joining us, this is part two of our double feature. Hard Rock Zombies and Slaughterhouse Rock. Both Movies that kind of center around music-ish as one of their main pieces of attraction. Yeah. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I'm Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. And for part two of our double feature... We are talking about the 1988 film Slaughterhouse Rock, starring Tony Basil, Nicholas Colosi, Tom Riley, Donna Denton, Hope Marie Carlton, and a bunch of other people. This movie has two connections to music. I want to because I forgot about it for the last one. I want to talk about it for this one. And one of those connections hits close to home for us. Okay. The first one is the uh, is Tony Basil. She is a, an actress, singer, uh, person, and uh, she is most famously the one-hit wonder for the uh, schoolgirl chant song "Mickey." Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Yeah, that hey, one. Hey, hey, Mickey. That I is. That is her claim to fame. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, Mickey, what a pity you don't understand. Take me by the heart when you take me by the hand. Yes. Oh, no. It's in my head. Good. <sighs> the other connection to the music is the music in this film was written by Mark Mothersbaugh and Gerald V. Casale, who are two members of the band Devo who are from Akron, Ohio. Look at that. And Represent. all of the music in the movie was performed by Devo. Mm-hmm. Now, does it sound like... Uh, I don't have a lot of experience with Devo, despite knowing that they are from our area, despite going to the same high school that they went to. That's wild. I think they went to my high school. Uh don't have a lot of uh, experience with them outside of the song Whip It. Whip It. 
and the uh, there's like a science song too that they there's a couple songs that they know, but that's their most famous one. So that being said, Slaughterhouse Rock, directed by Dimitri Logothetis. What did you think, Caitlin? At first, I was like, oh, I don't like this movie. I don't know what is going on. But then I was like, oh, this movie good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my exact thoughts. This movie is essentially a ripoff of Nightmare on Elm Street with music. I wrote that, too. I Lots of Nightmare on Elm Street references. I feel like the this movie and Hard Rock Zombies just really took... Uh, pieces and parts of other films that they liked and, and put them in theirs. I mean, this movie was like, for the first like third to a half of the movie was almost verbatim Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. With the exception that the villain, the commandant, wasn't trying to kill all of them. It was just trying to kill Alex for some reason that I still cannot explain. I bet you know two other Devo songs. Which ones? I can't get no satisfaction. Well, that was originally a Ramones song but or Rolling Stones. And shout. Lift my hands up and shout. I don't uh-huh. think that's the version of that's shout. That's not the version? They, I don't. I think that was by somebody else. Well, they have a song called Shout. Yeah. Now I need to know. What it is. Well, we'll have to look them up later so that we can avoid. Copyright infringement. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we might avoid the copyright with the Paul Sabu song that we put at the end of the last one. (laughs) But maybe putting Devo in the middle of our podcast might cause some problems. (laughs) So the basic plot of Slaughterhouse Rock. There's this kid, Alex. He's having these weird dreams. And... Of someone killing people on Alcatraz Island, the titular rock, I guess, mm-hmm. in Slaughterhouse Rock. And different shout. Yeah, you looked it up. Looked up the lyrics. Okay. Different. Uh so uh, There you go. You threw me off on my <laughs> <Sorry>. summary. <laughs> Um, Get really into music. And basically he and his friends decide to go to Alcatraz to figure out what's going on and to face this evil head on. It's basically Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Picture that plot and that's this movie. What else did you think? Um, I think this movie has a lot of great quotes. And... I have also a lot of questions from this movie. But actually something I thought that the movie did really well was the makeup. I thought the makeup was very good in this movie. Yes. When the brother gets possessed, I was thoroughly impressed. Well, that, um, when he has the dream of the worms. Oh, yeah. Out, the, that was, the goop on his face. That was good. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, uh, the scene of him burning over the fire. I thought the makeup looked, makeup special effects kind of. Yeah, this the movie up. was very creative with a lot of its moments. Yeah, so I I applaud that. I thought it. I mean, I thought it really held up. I didn't think it looked like cheesy. 
for a 80s horror movie that I had never heard of before, like this one definitely went under the radar. Yeah, it and really did. Definitely deserves to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since, um, especially since, uh, well, I don't want people to think about it as just like a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff and then, um, not watch it. So that, I mean, it is its own thing in a way. It kind of felt like a Scooby-Doo episode too. So there's that. I always like a good old the gang gets together to go explore Alcatraz a la the Scooby gang. Exactly. Like who's the mysterious person haunting Alcatraz Island? Mm-hmm. Old man Jenkins. It's not actually old man Jenkins. It's a snake thing. An right. evil snake spirit. <laughs> I I got a quote from this movie. I'm going to I'm going to start making it a thing like it's going to become the new hip thing to say. Yeah, cuz we're the tastemakers of the world. Yeah, I'm going I'm going to spread it all around work. People are going to be saying it and they're going to be like, "Where did I get this saying from?" and I'll be like, "It was me." You want to know what it is? Yeah, I'm, I'm on pins and needles. Does an accordion player wear a pinky ring? Oh, yeah. Valid question. <laughs> we never learn the answer to that but question. But I'm assuming it's yes, because she wanted a burger. Yeah. I mean, she at least wanted to go out with him. So right. I guess we can assume the answer is yes. Yeah. But I, anytime you ask me, like, hey, you want to get Chinese for dinner? I'll be like, does an accordion player wear a pinky ring? That's going to be my new way of saying yes to people. If you don't remember <laughs> to say that to me the next time I ask you to get Chinese, I will be very disappointed. As you should be. So the connections to Nightmare on Elm Street are numerous. One, you got the dreams. You got the dream fake outs. Uh, you got the fire. The He's in. Uh, he's at a... Re- I don't want to call it a restaurant, but he's like at a diner hangout place and the wall does the weird imprint thing of the demon thing on the wall behind him. Uh, He gets burned. Although his injuries from his dreams don't seem to be real. So I was kind of wondering like in on the eye on when they're on Alcatraz, it seems like whatever happens in the the astral plane, if you want to call it that, actually hurts him. But when he's dreaming, it doesn't? That's what it appears. So he's actually safer in his dreams. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotes from this movie is when the... Uh, what's her name? Krista asks uh, Jan if she looks good. And Jan says, even the small amount of male hormones in my body are tingling. There, I, so I wrote, there was a lot of references to hormones in this movie. Everyone's answers to what is going wrong with him or, or what's, why is he having these dreams is hormones. A lot yeah, of hormone references. Very obsessed with his 
diet and his mental health as a result of these dreams. And he's always going on, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, make, I'll sell a new diet book, How to Lose Weight and Your Mind at the Same Time. <laughs> right. He, yes, it was it was very interesting choice with that. Yeah. This movie made a lot of interesting choices because maybe I'm because I'm not a child of the 80s and I didn't go to college in the 80s. I don't know what a guy's house looks like, but like they had half of a car coming out of the wall. That was hip. They had the brother had a chain link fence as his headboard. That was weird. And Alex had some sort of metal aircraft door Mm -hmm. above his bed who was the set designer in this and said yeah this is what a college boy dorm looks like i don't know but i was obsessed with the set designer so they had these um uh succulent curtains and i was like i'm about those curtains they were so cool they had all these little succulents on them yeah, I liked the decoration of the restaurant that they I was went gonna, to. That was what I was going to say next. They had little succulents at the table, and then they had the sweet like white and black design on the walls, like but like dinosaur neon colors thing. too, like lights going on. The extended long shot of all the people eating <laughs> to establish this diner. Let's talk about that scene for a minute. So Michael goes on a date with uh, that girl, I don't know her name. You mean Alex? Or I'm sorry. With Jan. Mm-hmm. I wrote Michael. So are you sure his name is Alex? Yeah, his name is Alex, and his brother's name was Richard. I'm thinking Michael. So Michael goes on a date with. <laughs> There's literally not a character <laughs> in this movie named Michael. Uh, you you wrong. Uh, so Michael goes on a date okay. with uh, this girl, and they are eating their burgers and he's like listening to all the conversations going on around him. Were you disappointed that we didn't get to hear any more of those conversations? I know, we just get little like snippets. Of- just one line. Yeah. And, but I was confused as to like, why? Like, did he, did he have sonic hearing? I think he was so like sleep deprived and so uh, just like, going insane that he was picking up things. Okay. Okay. Well, this girl that he's on the date with did not pick up on any social cues because he was very uninterested. He was listening to other people's conversations. He was clearly spaced out and she's talking about her two sisters. Yeah. I don't think it's that he wasn't interested. I think he was just spaced out because of doesn't the matter. trauma. She doesn't know that. We as the viewer may, but she doesn't know that. And but she does eventually ask him, like, what? Hey, yeah, but this? if this is your first date with somebody and they're just kind of, like, staring at you blankly and you just, she's just oversharing, I would say that was not a successful first date. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that they continue to go out with each other. And I would but like to know. But that's not even, like, address. It's just, like, they, they, neither one of them seem to have a good time and then all of a sudden they're dating. Yeah, they. I would love to know what the, what the length of their relationship was before they went out for burgers. Right. Also, I would love to have a burger place like that near us. That was so cool. I need more retro burger places in my life. I also need more Slaughterhouse Rock in my life. Such a good movie. 
So, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, while we have, like, the dream thing going on with the... Uh, I guess we should just talk about the teacher and the class that they're in. The Bible teacher? Well, okay. I wouldn't really call her a... Bi- She's, like, kind of a hippie teacher. With a Bible cloak. Yeah, with the cloak. But she teaches a class, Intro to Psychokinesis. I would love to know if any colleges actually teach that as a legitimate class. I mean, I guess in the 80s when there's more of like that metaphysics thing that was popular. But Alex took the class as an easy A. Yeah, that does not sound easy. And for those who are unaware, psychokinesis is like the ability to move things with your mind. It's essentially telekinesis. Mm. So they have a whole class on that. And the teacher is somehow aware of his dream state. Yeah, which we we don't know why. There are several questions in this movie that are never addressed, that being one of them. And the teacher pulls a, hey, I found this old book. Maybe it'll be helpful. And somehow that has all of the explanation of what happened to the commandant at Alcatraz and why he became evil and started eating people. Mm. And also it has the explanation for... I don't think it has the explanation for his dreams, but they, she just knows that they need to go to Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. But she wears a cloak. Yes. Which is a very not 80s thing for a teacher to wear, I mean, especially like a one who's into so many, do we want to call them occulty things? <laughs> it was an interesting choice. You know, there's a lot of interesting choices when it comes to the outfits in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, when we meet the ghost of Sammy Mitchell, which we kept calling her Sammy Sparkles and Sammy, Sammy Sprinkles. Salami. Sammy Salami. That was another one. We, we missed her last name at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. It, when Sammy's outfit changes seven times in this movie. That's... And, Wild. She's in it for less than 30 minutes total. Mm. How fun would that be? You just get to put on a new outfit every scene change. Do you think that you would enjoy being famous for like a one hit wonder? No. And then weird outfits? Because even this picture of her on Wikipedia, she's got a wild hat on. She liked her hats. I think she was really into hats. I think I'm going to just see like what. Okay, let's Google her and let's see how many weird hats she has in her images. She's like really into hats. Oh, yeah. Look at that. There's like two in the top line alone. It's also weird to see her as the Mickey cover or the Mickey on the cover of the magazine. <laughs> Look at that. That that hat looks like it's made out of her hair. That's wild. Yeah, that's. Maybe you should make hats like your thing. Like maybe you should just start wearing crazy hats and then kind of see where that takes you in life. Yeah, you know, I love the attention, so I think I should get on that. Yeah. So the teacher, why do you think Alex was having those dreams? Well, I can tell you why. Um, It was because Sammy was sending him messages to come save her from Alcatraz. 
Okay, but why him? He was the most receptive. She tried other people and they wouldn't come. He was the only one gullible enough to come. But she literally died like a week before they went there. Mm -hmm. If that. Mm -hmm. She was only having that dream, those dreams for like a week. Especially since I think it's meant to be implied at the end that Sammy was Jan's sister. Okay, that was kind of a weird jump in logic, though. Yeah, but he said, your sister has a really nice house. Mm-hmm. And he sits at a piano with a picture of Sammy on top of it. Right. No, I, I mean, weird logic jump for the movie. Yeah. I would love to know from our audience, if you, if are we meant to think that Sammy is Jan's older sister? That should be your poll question. That will be a poll question. Because I just don't know. That's That seems to be the implication, but maybe because I think Sammy is inside of him, which is why he can play the piano at the end. Yes, I did get that because of the kiss. Yeah. She like transferred her musical powers to him because she didn't want her music to die. Yes, so it could be that he is just visiting Jan's sister but then why would there be a picture of Sammy on the piano? I'm not sure about that. Like, because, like, he wouldn't carry the picture with her everywhere. Like, anytime no. he finds a piano, like, oh, I'm playing for Sammy. Right, and it was there before, I mean, I think, so. Well, we never see that house before no, the No, I mean, just, like, before he comes over to the piano. True, but, I mean, he could have showed up at the house and said, I have to put my picture of Sammy up. Right. That was just kind of odd. What kind of demon would you say that Richard was possessed by? Because I got lots of snake vibes from him. Yeah, definitely a snake demon. But then when we see the actual demon at the end, he just kind of looks like a generic demon. Yeah. I think... What was the... Do we ever see the girl possessed? No. Okay. The the Richard was the only person we saw possessed. All right. Everybody else just died. Yeah. That, that was, I would say, the one thing I didn't like about the movie. Was that everybody but Jan and Alex died? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wish that... Well, like... You know what I really liked about this is I, I enjoyed the relationship between the brother and between Alex and his brother because it felt very genuine. Mm -hmm. But then his brother just dies and he's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. I love you. Just go. I know. Say, like, just save the world. But like get I don't... Was he there to get their spirits yeah. off of Alcatraz? I think, like, if he killed the main guy, then, like, their spirits would be free. Okay. So his powers came from the people he killed? Why weren't there hundreds of more people there? Or does he just keep... Are they just trapped there because he killed them recently? I think that... I also am unsure of why Sammy let him go. 
She said curiosity just got the best of her. She didn't think that he, like, there's actually anything in there. Right, because she's dumb. Yeah. I think they're there because they were recent kills. But the, I guess because he was trapped in the pot, none of the other, none of the other spirits from back in the day mm-hmm. were there. Right. Okay. I can, I could get on board with that. You know what I thought was an interesting choice regarding all of that? What? So the, he was a commandant at the outpost that was on Alcatraz. And mm. I just thought about the police officer that was dead, though. Where was his spirit? Yeah, he uh, didn't get the memo to <laughs> show up to any. No one told every, everybody's like, we don't like that guy. He can <laughs> stay in his barrel. So the all of this guy was possessed and dealing with devils and Satan and stuff back when Alcatraz was an outpost. So it was an island with like Native Americans and American peoples and whatever. And the Native Americans, basically the movie is Native Americans versus the devil, which I thought was a really weird choice because with all of this rich Native American lore, you would think that they could pull some kind of Native American evil spirit to be the snake thing, like some kind of snake god or... I don't... I'm not going to pretend to understand (laughs) Native American mythology, which it may be why they were just like, oh yeah, it was... He was possessed by the devil worship or whatever. But you would just think that if they were going to use Native Americans to stop him back in the 18-somethings, that he would... That they would use some kind of Native American evil spirit or something. Right. You would think, but... Uh, I thought the that was kind of like a weird way to kill him off anyway. Just burning him? Just having him go to like the Native American lands... Well, that was the other weird thing is they had him go to the chapel and they burned him in the chapel. And I don't know if it's because chapels in horror movies are typically consecrated ground or if it was because that was just remote. Because when that building blows up, it is not on an island. No, it most definitely is not. You know who I loved in this movie, though? The two roommates. Oh, they were the best. I uh, was kind of surprised that they didn't die first. I was too. I was too. Um, Their one-liners were so funny. Like during the dream sequence when, um, or not, they were talking about Alex's dreams. And they are all up late at night after um, Alex catches on fire, I think. And they go, the power of Christ compels you when he like flicks his water at them. Yeah, that was funny. They're very, a good comedic part of the film. Yeah. And the nice thing was like, the movie itself, while has that 80s camp, was there was a differentiation between them being funny Mm -hmm. and the movie being serious. Like, Mm -hmm. real talk, this movie got pretty dark when Krista was basically raped by the snake 
Yeah, guy. I know. But there was also like I w- was confused about this at the beginning. Um, they kept making references to Alex being a sex offender. Yeah, that was weird. And I was like, are we should I like Alex? Do I want him to live? That now that seems like the kind of thing that they would joke about. Like like the college guys would joke about. But also not they left it to joke about. Not really, but I mean it is something I could see people joking about. But I did put in here lots of guy jokes. Yeah, there are lots of guy jokes in this movie. But the ambiguity of it all, that whether or not he actually was a sex offender, was kind of troublesome. It really was. Here's something I can't believe we haven't talked about yet. The background acting for that group of guys in the very first scene. That was, I'm, I need to know what was going on. So Alex and his roommates are walking along, talking about Sammy having died. They're reading it from the newspaper, which kind of adorable that they like split the article in half. And he's like, all right, I'm done. Your turn to read the rest of it. (laughs) And they're telling Alex about this. And because they're trying to help Alex, despite making fun of Alex and being annoyed that he has his dreams are keeping them up at night, they're kind of good friends and that they tried to help him figure out what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. Because his dreams are always in a prison. And then they're like, oh, look, like Sammy, she died in this pri- in Alcatraz. And now they're not showing tourists over there. Meanwhile, one of the roommates just snatches a bag of chips out of this kid's hand who's sitting there. I also, that. why there was a kid on this college campus that just chomping down on some chips. About. Weird choice. The kid is like, hey, and that's the only dialogue we get from one of these background actors. He follows them trying to figure out where they're going with his chips or it could be pretzels. I think it was a brown bag. We all know that brown bag means pretzels. Yeah. The kid goes up to this group of guys, points at them. All of the guys stand up. And as (laughs) Alex and his friends are walking along the sidewalk, there's this other group. Following them I thought, on like, the hill. I fight was going to start. I was waiting for a fight to break out. And then they stop walking. So then the people on the hill stop walking. Cut to the next scene. Yeah, that, that was... I missed the chip scene. So could you imagine my confusion? When that, they were just following yeah. them with this little boy? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> but it, like you're watching it and you're just like, oh, what's like this is some top-notch like something's happening in the background right. and they're like going to have some sort of altercation that comes up that maybe it wasn't important to the plot, but it would have been fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of those little things that adds to a movie whenever you have good acting in the background of movies. Yeah. I but think there was, one doesn't play out. no, I think there was a what culture video where they did like the top 10 things caught in the background of scenes or whatever. A little disappointed that this one wasn't on there. I mean, it's not like something that you have to blink and you'll miss it, but it's definitely happening in the background Mm -hmm. and you think it's going to have some bearing on the main, main uh, action, but it doesn't. So that was disappointing, I guess. 
I also wrote a joke to myself when Jan gets to the apartment and sees the pot of mac and cheese. I said, mac and cheese rock. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was at, at the time that I wrote that, I said uh, to myself, how many rocks are we going to find in this movie? <laughs> and then I forgot about the joke. It was actually really difficult for me to take notes for this movie because I was so engrossed in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was also tired after watching two movies back to back and note taking. Note taking during movies is not fun, Mm -hmm. but it helps you remember stuff you want to talk about. I want to talk about how Alex was on fire, but nobody noticed except for the teacher when she arrives. But he's literally on fire. Yeah, that was one of those weird things that kind of diverged from the Nightmare on Elm Street aspect of everything where things would happen to him in his dreams but they wouldn't be happening to him in real life and at first I thought he was going to like if you die in your dreams you die for real but when he's on fire in his dream and his room is also on fire the second he wakes up the fire goes away and he's not burnt yeah. But they smelled the fire and they saw the fire. Right. So that was kind of a weird... I don't understand the rules of the dream world in this because it's like things outside of the dream world could affect the dream world, but the dream world can't affect things outside of it. So I guess maybe they intentionally did the opposite of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I like the body rip out scene in his dream where they like literally the guy just like rips out one of his ribs and starts eating it. It's pretty good special effect. That was a good special effect. And then it just like flips to the dryer scene though, like very abruptly. Yeah. And then I think we're supposed to assume he wet his bed. Oh, I thought he was just doing laundry. No, the guy said um, his brother made a comment about... um, what did he say? He said something about like might be time to look into some adult diapers or something like that. Oh, that's funny. I missed that. <laughs> the other I think it's kind of a little funny that you know, for as good as the scene was where his chest was getting ripped open, mm-hmm. it kind of makes up for when the hand burst through the wall to grab him and you can see the like latex sleeve hanging off of the stun guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the effects in this movie were simultaneously great and mm, fine. Yes. Which I mean, I guess I'm like okay with. It's not it, well, I mean, it's not like I'm expecting perfection from a movie that I'd never heard of before. Right. I think this movie was just teaching us that the power of music can save lives. Are you trying to tie this into our... No, that's literally what I wrote because I was like, her music brings his dreams to life. Yeah, through her weird interpretive dance magic. Saves them. Music brings blank is what I wrote because it just apparently just was the answer to everything. Yeah. That was... So she... I'm still trying to figure out how this worked. So she sent him the dreams. 
And that's how she told him to come to Alcatraz, which if I was having nightmares about Alcatraz... I would not go to that place. I would not go to that place. I would just gladly... I mean, I guess if, like, my dreams were creating dream fire, then yes. But... But it's not harming you in real life. Yeah, but I guess, like, if you're sleep-deprived, it is kind of harming you in real life. Yeah, but did he even try sleeping pills? I don't know what he tried. It didn't seem like he tried sleeping. He did not try that hard to sleep, I guess. Right. So she sends him the dreams, but then she also needed to send him her song to tell him that it's her, but he didn't really seem to be paying that much attention to the article about her death. But how did she know that he would get the article about her death? Right. But I guess if like the bartender knew her song that she could influence things outside of him. This girl's just all powerful. Yeah. Kind of like the movie X-Ray we watched the other night. You pretty much have to ignore what gets him to Alcatraz. But once he once he get there, it's it's all smooth sailing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I get like the brother getting possessed. Like, okay, that makes sense. Like, n- nothing on Alcatraz doesn't make sense. Right. It's just why he has the dreams and why him questionable. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts? Um, no, I think we touched on all of mine. Uh, all right. Let's go to your dating corner. All right. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know, now, put yourself in, like, a college mindset. So, like, you are kind of, like, relationship hungry, if you will. All right. I'm going to turn back the clock seven years. Yeah. Okay. Let's say ten years. Okay. And you start a relationship with somebody. Okay. And this weird stuff starts happening to them. Instantly break up with them. Right. If you just met them, right? Right? Like, I get it in, like, other movies, like, um, uh, Reanimator and stuff. Like, they've been together for a while. So you're not right. going to just break up at that point. Like, They're basically you're pretty invested. Right. You're, you're very invested. So, like, I get that. Yeah. These people just met. And she's like, yeah, I'll go to Alcatraz with you. There's no... I don't care how boy crazy I am. There's no way... I'm going to an island with this guy I just met. Even if he is, like, having bad dreams, I'd be like, sorry, you go figure that out. I'll catch you when you come back. Now, I'm not saying that this makes it any better, but I do like to think that Alex and Jan, there was an overlap in their friend group, and so they knew likely what I'm assuming is that they knew of each other, but they had never spent any one-on-one time together. Right, but I guess I'm still a bad friend then because even as a friend, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. And, like, Richard shouldn't have let his girlfriend go. Like, if if Alex was going to go, then he should have gone with just his brother. Like... To be fair, though, 
did any of them really think that any weird stuff was going to happen on Alcatraz? It doesn't matter. It's the middle of the night. I'm not getting into a boat and driving to an island with you. Maybe, maybe I'm just a bad person. Maybe I just am like, I'm just like an anxious person where I can think of everything that could possibly go wrong. But I'm not getting on a boat in the middle of the night and going to an island with you. Like literally, unless like you're in an engaged relationship or like married, that would be the only time I'd get in a boat and go to an island with you. Yeah. I guess things were just different in the 80s when you didn't have the power of technology to tell you that the world was a terrible place. (laughs) Maybe. But I was very disappointed that they all died because I actually thought they were really fun for friend group. And I was like, this is depressing because like now that's just over. Okay. Like they just don't have that friend group. I'm very sad. Yeah. They literally have no one. They have each other now. It's it's upsetting. I think the most devastating one was Richard, though. Yeah. Because it's not. They were just like and his girlfriend. Yeah. They were like, oh, his body's taken over. Nothing we can do. Right. I was like, isn't there a way, like, his can't you spirit bring them back? seems fine. Right. Can't he just, like, and it's not like he died like the band members did. Right. Like, he, yeah. I would also, yeah. I'm glad the teacher died because, like, what a bad teacher. Yeah, she was uh, questionable. She said, Hey, I'm into all this occult stuff. I think this is what's happening. Also, I'm going to put you in harm's way. Did you love the library scene where uh, Cass, not Cassie, um, Sammy, Sammy goes to the library and gets that giant book from the library shelf? Hey, like, look at this book. It's really old. <laughs> it can probably help us. <laughs> yeah, that was. And now I will, there have been times where I've been at libraries and I've seen like weird old books and I'm like, oh, that looks Not cool. Not on a shelf with normal books though. Sometimes. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's, you can find some interesting things at libraries. Yeah, uh, but in a, their own weird section. <laughs> yes, correct. A book on the occult is going to be in the section on occult things. Now, maybe that's where she was. We only saw like down the aisle. Yeah, it just I feel like you would keep old books with old books cuz like especially if they're maybe dangerous. And also like the original copy it looked like. Yeah. Like that wasn't a scan. Like I was thinking about Liberty's library and like you had to like like literally pull out giant drawers to look at old articles and stuff. Yeah, and they eventually had a robot system. Yeah to get you like they kept the old books in a bin in a robot that yeah. delivered them to you See, um, but i mean i guess this was the 80s so yeah i don't know if even that's an excuse because <laughs> maybe they're just bad librarians at this <laughs> library maybe yeah oh that book's on the occult but it's really old i nah, just put it on the shelf <laughs> who's gonna touch the occult section in the 80s <laughs> where everyone was experiencing oh my god yeah we just got done Sorry. with a decade in which everyone was experimenting with the occult, <laughs> but it's probably fine. That's amazing. Yeah. So I enjoyed this movie. Yes, it was it was good. It I was enjoyed it good. more than Hard Rock Zombies, but I do think that Hard Rock Zombies had more interesting things going on after we talked about it, mm-hmm. whereas Slaughterhouse Rock was a fairly traditional horror movie in many regards and 
maybe there's something going on with like psychoanalysis and dreams and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm going to assume that there's not based on how illogical the dreams were. The one thing that I will say is I was disappointed by the score of the movie, knowing that Devo did it. Yeah, me too. Um, but I will not hold that too much against the movie. I just kind of wish that there was more rock in Slaughterhouse Rock. Yes. Absolutely. So this is definitely a must watch. And I'm glad that this week and last week, technically, if you're listening to this much later, uh, we got two good movies back to back because after House of the Dead, I was worried that we were on a downward slump. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts before we close out? Uh, definitely a movie everyone should check out. Yes, I agree. Thank you for listening. As always, we encourage our audience to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts so you never have to miss an episode. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Film or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links to those are available in the show notes. And as always, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. What kind of dreams do hotels have? I don't know. Sweet dreams. Oh. <laughs>